Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Shelby Scarborough. Our guest today has a core belief that fostering solid relationships is a key to working through every issue that humanity faces. She also believes that we all could use a little more joy in our lives, and who couldn't do that? Without civility, there is a little hope of finding joy, and likewise, without joy, civility crumbles. So she embarked on a journey to bring a little bit of both back into the world. She began a mission to create her own purposeful practice of civility. Most recently, Shelby founded the Global School of Entrepreneurship to provide entrepreneurs with MBA programs that are built around them and not institutions. The signature programs are built to let entrepreneurs apply their real-world experience to the traditional MBA subject matter. So what you learn can have an immediate impact on what matters most to you in your business. So please welcome to the show, Shelby Scarborough. Shelby, Shelby, thank you so much for being here and taking the time today. Um, really appreciate it. That was just part of her bio. Um, but if we can, let's uh, have you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Oh, well, thank you so much. My goodness, I kind of need to have you follow me around and just entertain <laughs> everywhere you go. That was great. That was fun to... To hear, it sounds like an out-of-body experience sometimes when you hear somebody introduce you. But um, yeah, you know, I've been I've I've been doing some fun things in my life, and uh, it all kind of culminated in that book, uh, Civility Rules. I was uh, I used to work in the Reagan administration a long time ago when I was my first job out of college, and I got a chance to to hang out with some very interesting <laughs> sort of political celebrities, shall we say? You know, lots of world leaders and. Uh, heads of state and heads of government and prime ministers and, uh, you know, kings and queens and that kind of thing. And so they taught me a lot about what being a leader would be, what it looked like, what it should look like, sometimes what it shouldn't look like, yeah. um, and how to treat people and how to how to get things done in this world. You know, I mean, we all we all have the ability to uh, what uh, to what's the old thing, uh, you know, win friends and influence people, the Dale Carnegie philosophy but it's also it's it's more about the relationship than a transactional kind of situation so I like to look around and see you know whose world I can help in a positive way that makes that puts a smile on my face for sure and that's just such a refreshing message in today's society I think you know you bring up some great points with the idea of civility and you know, with what goes on in the news and all this other stuff of people, you know, they don't even listen to what others say or think. It's just react. Um, how, you know, I think, it, and that's critical, that civility, if you can't help us define what civility is and how that integrates into our society. Sure. You know, a lot of people think of civility kind of reduced and deduced down into a situation of manners, you know, etiquette. Well, that's part of it, but uh, that's just one part. That's sort of the, the, I like to say like the cars on a bridge, you know, the bridge is what connects us to from one piece of land to another. So if the bridge is a relationship, 
is what connects two people together. Then the cars on the bridge, the bridge stays the same. I think of in my mind's eye, I think of the Golden Gate Bridge. And um, and I look at that Golden Gate Bridge and, and it's been there a long time and it's pretty sturdy and steady. Um, and that's kind of civility. And that's um, the cars on the bridge might be considered etiquette, which is the the things that change with time. You know, manners and things sometimes change with time. But, you know, the same kind of the basic core of a car has stayed the same yeah. for a long time. So the the basic manners, the basic things we do to connect with people are sort of tried and true. And at the same time, the style sometimes changes a little bit with the time. So we're more informal as a as an example in our yeah. society to be. But the bigger, deeper, more important point and picture for civility is that it's based on a few concepts like trust and respect and honor and dignity and humility and courtesy. These are the things that that build relationships into, into strong foundations and help us work with one another in a situation when we get into difficult situations, like when we don't agree with each other. Yeah. yeah. Those are the things we need to lean on and then use the manners and the um, etiquette to help you as a tool to help us. But really the, the integral part of everything and the, the humanity around it all has to do with those other five characteristics. And that's great because those are things that, um, you know, I, my parents were older. Um, they were from that generation. Like, like you had the opportunity to work with the Reagan staff, that generation, that World War II generation, um, they went through the depression. They understood those things. It was a value about, you know, things higher than yourself, bigger than yourself. And I think our society now seems to have forgotten that. Um, some have, some have not, but, um, great reminder for people. I really appreciate that because it, it brings to mind when you, you mentioned the Golden Gate Bridge and how this all works. It's like when you sit down with people and talk with them, that relationship that you build, that face-to-face -face scenario, um, it really makes a difference. It's not just this thing online, although this this helps because of you know distance and previous issues with COVID, whatever. Um, but it is a this is kind of a form of that sitting down with somebody at a coffee table, if not, you know, um, so it, the technology allows us to do similar things. I've been able to do this all over the world and that's great. Saves me plane tickets and, you know, time. <laughs> um, I think that's a wonderful thing is building that relationship that you, you tell people about. Um, how is that, you know, in affecting a positive change? What do you think that that does for people? Does it, that relationship, does it help them build a stronger foundation to be better to people better to themselves yeah you know i mean we talk about trust and respect and a lot of times we it, it's kind of couched in the sense of you know well don't you trust me or um or i want i want to be shown respect right and i like to put it out the other way is am i worthy of trust have I behaved in a way that's worthy of your trust? And do I show respect to you? And have I earned your respect? You know, it's not about being given anything. Right. And after, I just believe there, these are maybe sound old fashioned, but they, they are common core values that really have transcended time for humanity. And we just are so far away from them. It's the me situation. The, you know, it's, it's how, what can I get out of something? The, the phrase, the with them, what's in it for me. Right. 
know, all of those things, which I, I get, I get it. And, and we have limited time, we have limited energy, we have limited resources. And so when you're looking at things like a business decision or something like that, it tends to get pretty um, cut and dry. And people go, well, is this going to be good for my business? Is this going to be good for my time? Yes. Okay. It's fine to look at things that way, but really being in a giving situation and a giving mindset is what's going to transcend everything. So it doesn't mean we have to give ourselves away. It doesn't mean we don't have to, that we can't have reasonable boundaries around our time, space, energy, mindset, all of those kind of things around our heart, you know? But if we close all that off and just keep it in, in our own little insular world, it's a pretty lonely place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned a good one. I had to write that down to boundaries because so many times people think, well, well, when you give of your time, you give this, you get, you know, you're giving yourself away. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> you know, it's, you've got to have boundaries. It's okay to tell people no. I think that's people need to understand that as well. If it doesn't work for you, you can, you can say that, um, you know, and still enjoy that positive relationship. Um, Correct. You know, I, I think that's a, a great reminder for people because there's, you know, so much more to a relationship than just, like you said, the transactional, whatever it may be, whether it's a, a conversation, a, you know, a meeting, whatever it may be, um, there's more to it than that. And I, it's a great reminder for people. Um, one of the other things that uh, I was curious about, because there's some important things that like young entrepreneurs should know, because I know you, you coach them and so forth. What are some things, you know, with the way society going at 900 miles an hour, everybody thinking they got to, like you said, one on top of the other, uh, so you got to beat this person out, beat that person out, whatever. What are some things that young entrepreneurs need to understand or that you can help them with in civility? Mm. You know, Young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in general, um, we it can be a lonely game. You know, mm -hmm. you're out there by yourself. But in order to get someplace to achieve something, I think we have to recognize that we need other people. So again, building that community and looking at it in terms of how can I bring some value? What what do I do in my world that adds value? So if we're an entrepreneur, if we're a business owner, our product or service needs to bring value to the world to our customer. The same thing as our own personal experiences. What can we do to bring value to somebody else's life? And we can look at that through a leadership lens in the sense that if you're the boss, then how are you bringing value to your coworkers, to your employees, to your vendors, to your customers? And just having that perspective alone and answering those questions puts you in a giving mindset rather than a taking mindset. Just setting it up that way, just the paradigm of saying, what value do I bring? Does my business bring to this world, to to my world, even if it's a a, a small town or whatever right. it happens, it doesn't matter. Um, that will set us up for success. And that's the first step in my mind. That's one of the very first steps. Being clear on what you do and why you do it and having a sense of purpose around it, no matter what it is and having right. pride. Pride in the in the best sense, in the sense of, of again, what do you bring to people? What is it that you're helping other people accomplish? Because essentially that's what business is. Yeah. Well, and, and that brings up a good point because even, you know, when you, I always, our society moves at such a fast pace. I feel it all the time uh, using technology, being in technology. Um, 
one of the things that people need to do is stop and take that time of looking for what is your purpose and how can, like you said, setting up a business, how can you give the best to a customer? Because it's not about you getting the best from the customer. It's the other way around. Um, I think that's, go ahead. I love to use the thing that drives us all insane, which is um, the auto operators when you call into a company and, and it just drives me crazy because those are not meant to help us that's meant for efficiency in the company yeah and but the the end result is such a negative experience yeah. and so i i just try to get past it by saying that you know there are things in life that we just we just have to deal with and and it's better to be happy about it than, than angry or frustrated about it but boy what a time and energy suck to get into one of those loops yeah. and keep nine or four or three yeah. and never and having it disconnect you, you know? And so this is when we're trying to set up efficiencies and systems as entrepreneurs, I mean, we have to look at, does it really help the customer? Who's it really helping? You know, yeah. who's really efficient for? Well, and so many, t- I used to create those. So I, I fully understand. We never had ours go over seven options because that was even seven is too many. Um, but we realized that after a while, but um, yeah, it's to help with that scenario of, if somebody gets to the wrong person, like you said, it's the efficiency of the company. Does that person know about it? Are they cross-trained? Could they transfer to the right department, et cetera? Um, but that's a, a great point you bring up is you have efficiencies um, within your business, but at the same time, let's that communication, that open communication across all groups, all people in the organization, so that if somebody calls, you don't need one of those, you know, automated attendance and everybody can answer the questions, you know, whether they're new, whether they've been there 30 years, everybody has the same level of expectation of let's take care of this person and get them to the right person so that they can be taken care of. For sure. There's (sighs) this syndrome of it's not my job or, you know, they're too focused on their side that um, I think you're right. The best customer service people I've ever talked to may not have been able to answer my question for me, but they helped me get to the answer somehow. And they came out the end game, not just what their script said, you know? And so it's definitely, but I think that comes, uh, my attitude about that, my experience in that comes from my background as a protocol officer, where I joke that, you know, what we do is we, my world was, you know, right this way, because we, we, talk about opening doors for people literally and figuratively. And I, I got to, I got these heads of state to do our job was to get them to do what we needed them to do, move in the places we needed them to go and take right. care of, business, but um, facilitate their ability to do their job. But we had to cue them and, and we couldn't touch no touching. Right. So, um, you know, gestures, eye contact um, with, you know, gentle nudges, whispering, et cetera. I mean, it sounds funny, but these are the things that happen in the background that right. you don't see the person like me. I'm the background person to, to, to get the head of state to do, to go where they're supposed to go to get what they're supposed to do done. And we enable that for them. So that right. was our job to, was enabler in the positive sense, not in the negative sense, not in the negative s- s- psychological. Yeah. No cattle idea. prods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to to be their best yes. and to put all the noise around from what they're trying to do to make it possible them for them to be their best at what they're supposed to be doing in life and what if they're a leader of a state or a head or a country you know i mean there's a lot of people counting on them 
efficient and yeah. and efficient and able to do what they're supposed to do. So my job was to help them be able to do that and take away all the things that they didn't need to worry about. I mean, that's that's a luxury that most of us don't can't afford, but it's a really great place to be. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And it, it, you make up, you know, that's a great point because there's so much that you know, you're helping people with so they can be efficient, best in efficiency. I often heard it said that, you know, some of the presidents like, you know, well, they always wear blue suits or whatever in a certain tie. Well, that's one thing, one last thing they have to think about. Boom, there it is. That suit, that color tie, whatever, um, you know, yeah, they, you know, they call it branding. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Trump always wears a blue suit, red tie, white shirt. You know, that's boom. There it is. It's done. So um, it, it's always interesting that there's those types of things that you don't think about that really do hold a lot of value because there's other things that are going on with, you know, what they have to be and where they have to be. So um interesting with that well if you can tell us a little bit about your book um the, your latest one is a joy journey tell us about that you know that's funny because it's not published yet and it yeah. keeps getting made and i i keep laughing because the journey continues yeah. and it's <laughs> Is it still a joy? <laughs> it's still a joy. And so it's it's really, you know, just like civility is, I call it a practice of civility because it's not like a light switch. You know, yeah. you just don't turn it on and off. On on the other hand, joy, you kind of can turn on and off in some ways. Um, uh, you know, basically there's these things called, I call joy juices, the dopamine, the serotonin and, and the you know, all of these, the, the chemicals that we produce in our brain naturally that we can actually turn on if we want right. to, which helps us cope with the difficulties right. that life can bring to us. And so um, it's, it's definitely something that we can have a mindset about that we can put our mind to and help ourselves feel joy and look through a life with a joyful lens. But it's also something that we need to um, pay attention to. And that goes to health and mental mental health and well-being yeah. um pacing ourselves exercise all of those kinds of things and perspective you know looking at the world with a with a curious with a learner's heart with a ch child's heart um and being open to the new and different things that come along in the world um and finding that finding the joy in them yeah. it's just it's a fun place to be when you want when you really when you need a lift, you can yeah. help yourself, you know, and life isn't always civil and it's not always joyful, but we have a lot of control over the world around us in that sense. Right. And that's, that's a great reminder for people. We have that control and that's a great power, um, not only for ourselves, but for others, because they're going to see you and how you react or respond to something. And when you're a little bit more on the joyful side, People start to wonder what's up with that. I want what's it, what are they doing? I want some of that. There's actually people who really hate it. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah, I, I've heard them. <laughs> I feel so bad for those people because that would be, you know, there's a there's a thing called envy, and I yeah. define envy and jealousy a little differently. Um, jealousy sounds bad, but it's it's really saying. I use it when I say something like, "Boy, I'm so jealous that you've." accomplished this or you've done that in the sense of I'm happy for you and that would be I would love to be in your shoes too that would be right. great but I don't begrudge you right. your victory your joy I, I I'm actually paying you a compliment in a sense because it's something that I desire too um 
envy is wanting to steal somebody's joy, wanting to, to begrudge them something that they've achieved or that they have, uh, whether they earned it or not, you know, and, and it doesn't really matter. Envy is not the problem of the person <clears throat> that the envy is directed towards. It's the right. poison that the person who has envy carries with them and it's destructive. It's deadly. And it will, it doesn't just kill joy. It really, it really takes the life out of a human being very quickly. And, and to me, that's the, one of the saddest things that can happen. Yeah. And that's, you know, a good point because we, we can share, you know, you, it's always interesting to me when you ask somebody, Hey, how are you doing? What do you hear? You know, Oh, this hurts or that hurts or the traffic or they instantly go to the negative, you know, right. <laughs> so why I, I didn't ask, you know, your dreariness or whatnot. I said, yeah, I said, how are you? But I, you know, I would like to hear, you know, I, I always try to say something positive when somebody asks me that. It's like, you know, I'm awake. I'm on the green side of the grass. I'm doing great. I'm breathing. I'm, you know, enjoying my day. But um, that's, it's that mindset. And I think that's a great uh, reminder you give people of that, that mindset that you can control where you're going, what you're thinking about, how you react to things. So great job. He said, be the change you want to see in the world. And that's something that resonates very strongly with me because, well, I can't change the world technically, you know, I mean, but I can exhibit the change that I want to see, be that example so that hopefully that'll rub off on other people. And I do believe it does. I do believe it has in my world that there are people around me who are positively impacted by um, a, a good, strong relationship together and that we bring joy to one another and we help each other through the tough times. And th those, there's nothing more beautiful than that. You know, it's just yeah. that's guilty and that's friendship, but we have personal responsibility in this world. We have to take responsibility for our own actions in our own lives. And one of the challenges is with that envy gene that's in there somewhere in humanity is they we, often I see people blaming other people when things aren't going their way. And that just makes me very sad because that's a dead end. Yeah. You know, you yeah. away your power. <laughs> Women talk about taking their power back all the time. Well, if you are angry at the world and, and not taking responsibility for your actions, you are giving your power right out there into the universe yeah. and it will suck it from you. It will yeah. take it very willingly. Yeah. So, and you'll never get it back unless you take responsibility. That's how you get your power back. Amen. <laughs> I'll pre, you know, I love that Sunday sermon right there, you know? <laughs> Great. Well, Shelby, where can people find out more about you, follow you? Tell us about your website. Tell us, you know, where they can get a hold of you and, and everything that you're doing. Sure. I have a website, shelbyscarbro.com, and you could probably spell it wrong and still get to the same place. <laughs> Um, we have, uh, I also have another website about my global school of entrepreneurship, which is gse.mba, the global school of entrepreneurship. So gse.mba. And that's a fun program for entrepreneurs who like to, who want to continue their education. Um, many entrepreneurs don't actually, some of them don't have college degrees because you hear a lot about college dropouts who just get going on their, on their 
dream. But then a lot of people are like me and I've been an entrepreneur, but I like learning and growing. And I also like the benchmark of what's that degree say, that accredited degree that that is that stamp of approval, so to speak. So we created a program for entrepreneurs that will be that benefits them and that will benefit their company. And you can use their company kind of as their classroom cool. and uh, put wow. in a way that call it a new way to MBA. It's a it's a different way for people to get through um, an educational process when they're entrepreneurs, because we are different animals. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, that's really something, but we'll make sure we, we put all this information in the show notes so people can get a hold of you, make sure they can follow you and contact you about your programs. Um, I just want to say thank you for being a guest on the encouragement engineering podcast today. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the insight. I appreciate your positiveness. So thank you for what you're doing. It's it's invigorating and exciting for me to hear this. So thank you. Thank you so much. I just, well, you just ignited all my joy juices. So I'm going to go out and have a great rest of my day. You too. Great. Well, thank you, Shelby. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.